Alright, so I made a podcast or a segment about not doing so great after hearing that I sound like I was doing great and I I think I was just so busy that I was masking everything and sometimes I um, confuse busyness with happiness and then I stop and I pause and I look at my life and I think, what am I doing? Um... And that's what I did a couple weeks ago, and I've been spiraling. Anyway, today I went to an event thing, and there's this person that wasn't even a part of one of the defining moments of me, or one of the big blow-ups that I've had with people, which is subsequent of my mental health issues, or a a cause, or a a direct cause of my mental health issues. Um, this person wasn't even a part of it. This person was just a secondary person at the end of it. Um, they got dragged into it because it was kind of like they were chosen over me, I guess, at the end. Um, and they remind me of, I don't know if it's just like my failure at being a functioning human being when it comes to other human interaction or whatnot, but basically I saw them around And I just, I got so angry inside. Like, when I say, like, sometimes I can be combative, or I'm combative a lot, and it's not even like I want to be combative. Sometimes logically, a lot of the times logically, I'm in the situation and I think, you know, you don't need to react like this. Like, this isn't that that important. But it feels like I'm being, like, emotionally egged on. Like, the fire starts brewing in my stomach and my abdomen like I just I feel so emotionally moved but usually this momentum only comes up in the face of anger um and that's what it was like today um I would fight this person there's a lot of people on my list of people to fight some people I guess deserve it more or less in the sense that they were they were not a direct cause no one causes my actions but they were um they were like a primary character in the things that went down or gone on um and they weren't necessarily in my corner 100 percent of the time not to say you should fight anyone but those are people that i probably should be fighting and then there's more so secondary characters who didn't really have anything to do with anything at all but just the way that the chips fell either they were chosen by the person I wanted to choose me or um even after the fact like months after the fact it now turns in, out that this person's in this person's life or blah 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 and um basically they filled a role or they are now filling a role that I wish I had the faculties and the ability to fill um and I, I like I get so angry when I see them or people talk about them or people talk about them doing well. Um, sometimes I wish a lot of horrible, horrible things on people that I should really forget about. But that's the thing. I can't mentally I can't let things go. They're just always in my mind. Break like at risk of breaking out. But the problem is a lot of the things I can't let go are just reflections of times that I wasn't at my best. So when things like this happen where I see people who remind me of times where I wasn't at my best, it's my mind now replaying those events and replaying what I did and replaying what I said and replaying how poorly I reacted in the situation and um, how I, I could have done better, how I should have done better, how I'm never I'm never going to do better. Um, Anyway, so I got so mad 
that I just I had to leave. I was only, I wasn't even there that long, but I I walked in, I caught a glimpse of this person, and I got extremely angry, and then I got I got not really extremely sad. I just got teary eyed. Um, I mean that's kind of like yeah. When I feel that emotion, when I feel that anger, when I feel that disgust, those negative emotions towards people, I tend to also start to cry. It's like when I feel all kinds of emotions, it's just crying is my response because that's, that's pretty much it. Or I don't feel anything at all, and that's when my friends get offended when I stop talking to them. Um, but that's a huge thing when it comes to like valuation and devaluation. Is like most people to me, I kind of see the world as haves and have-nots, you know, that very black and white thinking whatnot most of the world is a have or at least they have the potential to be a have and i'm gonna have to move on to another segment so the majority of the people i meet in the world are either haves or have nots or they have the potential to be a have i can be very quick to judge certain people and if i judge you negatively you kind of turn immediately into a have not and i have no desire to hang out with you no real desire to be your friend i don't think our lifestyles match i don't think we're compatible it doesn't matter what you say chances are we're not going to become good friends and in the past when i forced myself to become good friends with these people that just instinctively something in me tells me like no don't do it um they've caused me more trouble than good um and then we have the haves and the haves are have multiple tiers there's the lowest tier which is a potential have and that's pretty much anyone who's not a have that's pretty much anyone that I've just acquainted myself with that I haven't immediately written off um and it's basically just like a regular person and they have the potential to be a have they also have the potential to be a have not but I don't want to start on the negative foot and we just kind of interact or we don't and through the interactions or lack thereof I slowly decide whether or not you know this person's worth being in my life um and then we have the golden halves um which is actually the mid-tier half have but they're the golden morally they are top tier but in reality they're mid-tier and those are my actual friends my good friends my friends that i've had for um longer than i'd say a couple months longer than a year because i've had favorite people friendships last more than a year longer than a year and you know we've been through some trials and tribulations we've been through some ups and downs we've survived it i haven't immediately devalued them even when they say things that offend me and sometimes people say things and i automatically take huge offense to it because that's just my emotional fire burning that emotional momentum um but these are people i can still talk to even after they say something that i don't necessarily agree with or that i take offense towards um, which is awesome because that means hopefully they're in my life for a long time and those that's my frontline support system. Um, and then we have the top tier halves. We have um, like the superstar halves. We have heavenly halves, I suppose, you know, biblical halves. I'd say heavenly halves. And these are what I would call favorite people. And I think I've explained favorite people before. Favorite people are separate to um to good friends like actual close friends and i think this is common for a lot of people with mood regulation disorders and or mood regulation issues as well as issues with relationships with others and basically what that is is um is um hmm 
a friend is just a friend like these are people that again I can have ups and downs with I can talk to a lot for a little while I can kind of pull back either because you know we're kind of drifting apart for a reason or because we're getting busy um favorite people are people that generally that I become very close with them very quickly or we become very close really quickly usually it's because I am getting something that I feel I'm missing from them not necessarily monetary wise not necessarily like money or like books or you know like a computer sometimes it's just an emotional thing that I feel like I'm lacking I feel like they put me on a pedestal I feel like they're going to um make me you know more popular or more interesting in a way that I feel like I'm lacking at that moment I feel like they're going to lead me to other people or situations or events that will make me feel I guess more alive or make me feel happy whatever it may be I'm getting something from this person and when I stop getting something from this person I immediately think you know what over done with it fake news it's canceled you know um devalue them um compared to my friends were my my genuine friends were you know if I if for whatever reason we're friends um it's not working out or we're bothering each other with them I would probably just take a break and then we'd come back to our friendship but with favorite people once that illusion has I guess been broken I have no use for them anymore and I immediately just stop talking to them and I I move forward um but I say they're like heavenly halves because in the time that we are friends they are all that I can see they're all that I want to be around. They're the only people I want to talk to. They're the only people I want around me. The things that they bring into my life, I want them to bring around me. And no one else in my mind can bring those things. Um, and I'm just trying to display the extremes between the have-nots and the haves. I'm going to have to go on again. Um, basically, my point when it comes to this is that it's very volatile my perception of not just the world but my perception of other people um it can be very sporadic sometimes it can be very unfair um and that's how it is with this particular person i mean we weren't friends previous um we aren't we aren't friends now obviously but um they did nothing directly to me they've done probably the littlest amount of anything towards me compared to everyone else that was a part of that situation. Um, they were just living their life. But them living their life in a way that I felt, I guess, infringed on my rights or usurped what I wanted or what I deserved or whatnot, um, put them on my have not list. Excuse me. And basically, I have no desire to be around this person, which is valid. You don't need to be around whoever you don't want to be around, except when you're like me and you are adamant about that and you ruin subsequent relationships or job opportunities or you stop going to events or stop going to clubs. I've literally been in situations where I've dropped everything I was a part of that people I disliked were a part of because I just couldn't stand to see their faces. Um... And I probably wouldn't have joined, rejoined, unless they were, like, somehow in the hospital, um, away from me, or they were visibly struggling in their lives in a way that I could, um, 
watch kind of like watching the like Kardashians or something, which is really sad, but it's kind of where my mind goes. So um, it kind of sucks because this person I don't see too frequently, but I see on and off and it's just kind of like, why? I feel like we might end up in kind of in the same circles, just like life-wise, and I'm not ecstatic about it. Um, and the issue is like, I don't, again, I don't force myself to talk to people I don't want to talk to, even if the reasons why I don't want to talk to is unfair to them. So if we're in like classes together, or groups together, or like seminars together, I will not be, I will not obviously try and ruin their lives or ostracize them or spread rumors or whatever especially because they didn't do anything directly to me i don't have rumors to spread because we weren't friends i know nothing about them i don't care about their lives outside of when i see them and i get these flashes of anger however you know i'm not going to be jumping out of my seat to talk to them um and sometimes that puts people off you know when when they see me interact with someone and they say, you know, oh, you don't, you don't seem to like that person. I'm like, eh. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, no reason. I just don't like them. And they're like, oh, so you're not going to talk to them? And I'm like, no, because it's against our social rules to be rude to people, especially if you don't have a reason. And not, and rude has many other, many different definitions. Again, I'm not going to like go around and spread hate about this person, but I'm not going to force myself to talk to them. And in some cultures that is you know, being rude or being unable to cope with other people. Um, and it also makes people uneasy because if you're not following social rules about something like that, you're unpredictable about other things that have to do with social rules. So I'm very aware that sometimes the way I conduct myself makes people very uneasy because then they feel as though they can't predict what I'm doing. Um, or, you know, all these other things. Um or they feel like I'm acting out of line or out of turn. Um, I don't know, basically, I don't know if these are like flashbacks. I don't think they're flashbacks because I mean, I say these situations weren't really traumatic. Obviously they're emotionally traumatic because they bring up a lot of emotions. Like I'll, I'll, I'll listen, I'll hear certain music, I'll see an item, even certain words like keywords. Um, for example, the words move on really make me uncomfortable um i don't know i guess like i i see certain things or i hear certain things or i i run into certain people and i i get the same stressed sad angry like all the feelings that i felt at the time my brain goes back onto the loop of the soundtrack of whatever degrading mantra i had at the time when i ruined everything i I feel tense again i feel uncomfortable again it reminds me of how i can't do anything right and it's so anyway that's pretty much it i wanted to share with you guys in the moment it's hard when your illness or a part of your illness isn't quantifiable it's only qualifiable so for example um bipolar disorder is more quantifiable because you could if you really needed to you could quantify depressive lows and manic highs and you can say you know what sets it off and you can say this chemical imbalance makes this happen and these medications fix this and keep you regulated and it's because your serotonin's up or your dopamine's this or blah 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 you can quantify it um 
depression, clinical depression can be quantified depending on what brings it on. Trauma can be quantified. You know, you were in this situation, so situations that remind you like this, make you do this, X, Y, Z, whatever. PTSD can be quantified um, a lot of the times, um, even though it's hard to deal with. It's, it, you can kind of work through or pinpoint, you know, what it was that occurred. Anxiety is quantifiable, but it depends on the level. For example, social anxiety is very quantifiable in the sense like, oh, I get into crowds and I feel clammy and I feel my heart race and I, I, I feel constricted, I feel claustrophobic, and then I have a panic attack. Um, but if like you have more so like generalized anxiety in the sense that like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you start crying or you're nervous, you, you're nervous to like cook food because whatever, you're nervous to open your front door. Those are things that people don't really understand because again, every mental health issue is a spectrum, is a point on a spectrum on the far end of either spectrum of either doing too much or doing too little emotionally, physically, mentally, like reacting too much or too little. And every person who re who reacts in the span of normal whatever that is for any category is kind of in the middle there and anyone with a mental health issue related to how they react is on one point of acting either too little or one point of acting either too much um and people things that are quantifiable in the respect of the illnesses both physical and mental are things that the general population even if they don't suffer with what you have can relate to so even with physical things like you know undisclosed pain sometimes isn't treated properly or is brushed off because the doctors and the nurses your people talking to can't quantify can't use their quantifying to qualify and interpret how you're feeling and they have no nothing in their books that tell you tell them the answer to what it is that you're feeling so they might brush you off or give you the same pills that don't work or whatever it's the same thing with mental health you know you say you say social situations make me feel constricted and anxious people understand that because even if you're the most outgoing person you've had at least one experience where you know you've been in a crowd and you haven't felt necessarily safe and you haven't necessarily felt comfortable and maybe you you got a little like clammy your heart didn't race you haven't you didn't have a panic attack but you felt uncomfortable you felt shifty you felt like you wanted to get out of there so you can relate the general population can relate um if a person comes up and they say, I can't even boil tea because I look at the bubbles and it reminds me of like all my emotions boiling up and I can't leave my house. I'm a, what is it, an agoraphobe, someone who's afraid to leave their house. The general population can't relate to that because if they could, then no one would leave their house. And that's harder to quantify because now it's only you experiencing that. Um, and even though it's very real to you, it's hard to get that message across because no one else has kind of like a touching point. And I find that that's kind of what it is like with me when it comes to my emotional reactions to things you know I'll talk about things that happened like two years ago and people say like oh why haven't you gotten over it like I'll talk about things that happened six years ago and people are like why aren't you why aren't you even gone why haven't you gotten over it why aren't, why aren't you like this why I'll, I'll see people who did me wrong in like sixth grade and they'll be like I don't want to talk to that person and they're like are you are you serious and I'm like yeah and it's a real emotional like it's not just like me holding on to a grudge it's me physically like my whole body feeling sick or feeling angry or feeling like i want to burst into tears because the sight of that person the presence of that person in my eyesight or just around me makes me feel so uncomfortable and brings back so many memories that i just don't want to interact with them at all and that's not something that a lot of people feel with, feel 
Um, so it's hard to explain. People think you're overreacting or they think you're exaggerating or they think you're just being difficult. And sometimes I am just being difficult. But it's not because I'm sitting here saying, <laughs> I want to make their lives terrible today. It's because I'm having a visceral emotional reaction to the situation. So that's pretty much it. But I just feel like it's important to explain. On another note, um, homeless people scare me, but not in the way that you'd think. There are people who walk around and they're ignorant and they say, you know, homeless people are dirty, homeless people are drug addicts, this is why I don't like homeless people. That's not what I mean. Homeless people scare me because I see a reflection of myself within them and there's a lot of them on the streets of the city that I now live in. Um, I don't have strong familial connections, um, so I kind of acknowledge that if something in my life goes wrong, I have very little, if any, safety net. Um, and what's great about Canada is that we have some social programs that are better than most. Sorry, I burped. And, um, if you know how to find things, you know, people milk the system. So if you know how to find things, you can milk the system, which means that if you need things, you can get it. Um, the issue is, like with every system, people fall through the cracks. And one of my biggest fears is that something happens, whether it's my physical health, which I, I don't... There's some things that could be on the horizon, but nothing pressing, or my mental health which is fairly pressing because it can be really intense and cause me to do things that, I, that aren't necessarily, you know, the best in my best interest um, or just a subsequent, like, series of events that leads me into a destitute position or a position where things are just falling apart um, that I end up homeless or I end up on social assistance but in a in a way that my life just becomes a cycle that I can't get out of social assistance which happens to people it happens a lot in the states um it happens a lot to minorities in the states where you kind of get get caught up in the rat race of catching up on your bills or catching up on whatever and your your social assistance just isn't enough and then you're stuck in this perpetuated poverty which I think is kind of by design even though the government says they want to help people come out of poverty. I honestly think it's by design. Um, but that can happen anywhere, no matter how good the assistance is or not. You know, it just you're, you might be the unlucky person to have the circumstances fall, the chips fall the way that they do, that you can't pull yourself out of a hole that you may not have even dug yourself um, into. Um, or you can not even be in the hole you can you might not even have a hole to crawl out of you might just be out of the whole yard in general out of the yard means you're like completely homeless without no no hope ish um in the hole means you're like on social assistance and you're you want to get out you want to do better there's some people who are on it and who don't want to do better i'm sure we all know about those people but you want to do better you want to get off it but you just can't um and then i guess the house is like not necessarily not necessarily doing well for yourself but having the actual viable opportunity to do better and um there's like a history of spending issues in my family there's a history of mental illness there's a history of terminal physical illness there's a history of um well like it's just, it's just a culture of lying there's a culture of 
fraud, defrauding each other, culture of embezzling from each other within my family. Um, you know, I look at um, my father and he's not doing well. My mom has done well for what she's been given. Um, but there have been times when life has felt kind of like a tightrope and if the wind blows you too much over to one side, um, everything will fall apart. And I'm afraid that I'm the way I'm living my life, I'm making small decisions throughout the entirety of every single day that's going to snowball into one huge negative situation and I'm just going to perpetuate the lifestyle that I was born in and I can acknowledge that there are people in my life who have with respect to where they have come from done better and you can't expect them to do more because they only have one lifetime um but I'm afraid that with respect to where I come from I will be stagnant and I will just live through the same, perpetuate the same stress and the same struggle and the same poor, you know, poor learned behavior on dealing with people and dealing with family and dealing with money that I've kind of been brought into. And I see that in homeless people for some reason. All right, another exposing mental illness. I feel too large for my skin. Um... Sometimes I feel like my soul is too big to be confined in the five foot three body that I've been given. Um, I move and I stand and I feel so small and I, I feel so constrained to the life that is attached to my body and my family, um, which is difficult. I feel like. I can do more if only I was born into different finances or familial background or a different postal code or I was given any sort of silver spoon leg up against the competition but because I wasn't I am now stuck in this small corpse um, that I'm too large for. Sometimes I feel too small for my body. I feel like I'm still five and I don't know anything about the world and I can't even cook for myself. You all know sometimes I don't eat, nevertheless make my own life decisions and I feel like I can never swell to reach the potential that other people see in me and that I see in myself on my best days. Um... I have a habit of not necessarily biting off more than I can chew because that implies that I intend on completing the things that I, completing the goals and completing the things that I commit to, that I set out to do. I have a serious and notorious habit, especially in situations where I can fall back on other people, where I make grand claims and I contribute big ideas in the moment I am in charge I back away or I suddenly get sick or I just had too much to do the night before I couldn't I couldn't get that thing done especially if it's only my name on a project and there's no one else to blame because I'm afraid of I'm not afraid of trying I'm afraid of trying and failing and having to live with that failure because I can't let things go 
So I try and minimize the amount of failures to dwell on. So if there's no one else working with me, no one else I can blame for the reason why it wasn't advertised properly or why this fell through or there wasn't enough food or I couldn't interview this person, if there's no one else to push that anger and guilt and sadness and hate and whatever onto, I just don't do it Um, because I'm afraid of hating myself at the end of it if it doesn't work. Sometimes I feel like I'm just the right size for my body, but that I'm being shrunken in a sense that the walls and my the walls of my veins and my muscles and the cartilage within my body is expanding and pressing pressing in and compressing my soul. I feel claustrophobic within my own skin, which isn't the same as feeling too big too large for my body being too large for my body means that i i feel as though i i could reach better potential if i was given a different life being too small for my body um makes me feel like i can't reach the potential that i know i can achieve right now as who i am feeling claustrophobic in my own body makes me feel as though no matter what i do or how hard i try or how productive i am I'm going to keep running in this cycle and I'm going to keep perpetuating this cycle of lower middle class, paycheck to paycheck, struggling, anger and divorce and deceit and hatred towards other people that haven't been in your lives for over a decade and waking up one day and realizing that every decision I've ever made in my life has led me to wherever I'm waking up and that I don't enjoy where I'm waking up and I don't enjoy my past decisions. Feeling claustrophobic in my own skin means that being me, no matter what me means, isn't good enough even for me. And that's a sad realization. Alright guys, that's enough depressing content for me, or at least I'll just... I'm going to do something else. I think I'm going to listen to slam poetry and write um, when I feel too big for my body, which will be my first slam poem. The other day, if you guys remember, I wrote my first song. Um, That song was basically around the heightened points of my breakdown both pre-relationship within the relationship and after the relationship when I felt just so confused and at a loss of why I did the things I did and why I felt the way I felt and why no matter how I felt whether it was uninterested in this person or too interested in this person or trying to play it cool it never seemed to be the appropriate emotion and the appropriate reaction for the situation at hand and just me feeling so terrible that I could never figure out the appropriate reaction and the appropriate what did I just say appropriate reaction appropriate response or appropriate emotion for the situation at hand I tried to be clever and then I forgot what it was that I said in the first place but anyway basically the whole song is just about 
meeting someone and reacting to them the way that I did and being so confused when pushing them away isn't the right the right way to act and then begging for them isn't the right way to act and then trying to stifle your urges to beg for them but that not really working isn't the right way to act and just detailing the fact that no matter how you act it seems to be inappropriate and you can never get it right um just that's what that song's about and i think i'm gonna write my first slam poem which i think is really cool but also really scary because i've never written slam slam poetry before i never thought that i could write slam poetry um, but a lot of the artsy things that are coming out of me lately are coming out of just really raw points of pain. If this goes well, I might write a slam poem called Homeless People Scare Me, um, which is just, I guess, a more fluid, sing-song, rhymey version of the topics that I just discussed in five-minute segments just now. Um, I mean, it's cool. Especially when I made the song, because slam poetry these days, you know, you can kind of, there's a pace to it, but if you if you want to, you can make it as fluid and as un- unstructured as you'd like. But the song, especially, was so cool because it rhymed, I got words to fit, and it, it, it conveyed exactly what I wanted to say, even though it was a song, and it's only like three minutes, but it, it encompassed a whole, like, six months of my life in three minutes and it was just fascinating so i'm going to sit down i'm going to let these juices flow these creative juices flow and see what comes out but um it's just so weird that these things are coming out of probably the deepest pain that i've felt lately um you know um the song came out of me like crying because sometimes i'll get i don't want to call them flashbacks i don't think they're flashbacks i don't want to I mean, this might just be me invalidating with my experience, which I'm notorious for doing, but I just get memories and my brain kind of like clicks back into the way it worked in the past Um, and the soundtrack of like, how dare you let this person go? How, How are you terrible at literally everything you do? Kind of played back in my head and I was really upset one morning and then through just mulling over those events, which happens frequently it's like a mini version of the panic attacks i used to get right after things kind of ended um the song came out of and now today i'm just talking about you know how i see a reflection of where i could be in homeless people and how i feel like my body just isn't mine um is now paving the way for um slam poetry i mean I hate the saying that art comes from pain because artists who aren't experiencing pain feel invalidated. But that's the most creative I've been lately, which is sad, but kind of fascinating if you're not in it. You've just experienced an hashtag EMHI bundle. What is an EMHI bundle? And my voice sounds so terrible because I'm sick. It stands for an Exposing Mental Health Issues Bundle. So basically what I do is if I'm going through some feels if i'm going through enough feels that i have at least 20 minutes of content 
I will bundle up all that content of whatever that day, that 24-hour period, and I'll push it out into an impromptu, unscheduled episode instead of having to go back and add it to the end of a later episode. Um, So I don't know how often these will happen, and um, it's more so just the surprise thing. If they show up, they show up. If they don't, it's because I haven't been experiencing anything particularly trying. Um, But yeah, as usual, feel free to comment, question anything on all of the personally borderline social media um, about what you heard. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Anchor, personally borderline. Find me on Twitter at purse borderline. Find me on Pinterest, personally borderline. Find me on Instagram, also purse borderline. Um, and find me, find my podcast wherever podcasts are hosted. All of my um, display pictures are the same picture if you're confused as to who is me and who is not. Um, thank you for listening and to all of those, to all of you, I'm going to yawn, you can tell this isn't well produced, um, to all of you in recovery, in discovery, anything in between or just learning, um, I appreciate you all.